Hey, 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 hey! What's up? Good morning. <laughs> it is a beautiful day. It is. Here in uh, Pennsylvania and Delaware. We're glad to have you with us. <laughs> I'm Lee Rogers, Youth Director, and with me is... Leah Bainey. Miss Leah Bainey, one of our awesome uh, associates <laughs> here at Pendell Youth Ministries, our event assistant, and uh, glad to have you with us today. It's been a, just a crazy, tumultuous uh, week. Uh, in terms of what's been happening in our country. That's for sure. That is for sure. And uh, so we're going to take some time today to talk about it, but um, we hope you're all doing well. And I've been talking already uh, this morning with a couple of our friends who are in some of the areas that are being hit by the mm. rioting and the protesting that's going on right now. And so we'll talk about that, ask for some prayer. And uh, today, a uh, big idea, things we want to talk about is uh, passages that preach when it comes to racism and racial strife. So uh, we're going to hit on that. But Leah, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. I mostly just enjoyed the nice weather and hung out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Me too. That's what yeah. I did too. Yeah, I went to my, crazy. I went to my in-laws in Maryland. Oh, nice. They're crazy down there. Yeah. About the virus. <laughs> I got yelled at at a oh. Starbucks. Yeah. Really? Well, I did the did you order. Have your mask on? I had my mask on. I did the order pickup. <laughs> I walked in to pick up the drink and I got yelled at. Why? You're not allowed to pick up the drink. They have somebody has to hand it to you. But they didn't have anybody there and they didn't have any signs out. So So it's their fault. <laughs> well, I just it just was very like yeah, yeah it was weird. That's weird. So don't go to Maryland. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> at least don't go to a Starbucks in Maryland. Yeah. That's my big lesson. But uh, crazy conflict and strife happened this weekend. And uh, so we want to talk a little bit about our role as youth pastors and leaders in addressing that. First, we want to say welcome to some new members who joined in the last mm -hmm. week. We want to say welcome to Melanie Claflin, who is... Uh, at Hamlin Assembly of God up in the Poconos, and we're there with her husband in the church and in the youth ministry. Welcome, Melanie. Glad to have you as part of the group. Yeah, welcome. And we want to say welcome to Frank Huertas, who is a youth pastor at Faith Community Church in Easton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is east, just barely east of Allentown, Bethlehem, <laughs> that whole area. So welcome, Frank. We're glad to have you here in the group. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, the Network Magazine... Uh, which our network puts together is a really nice piece uh, every uh, week or every quarter I should say that the network puts together this one out and probably arrived to you last week the topic uh, ministry in the midst of the storm mm -hmm. and really focused on the COVID crisis and you can see it's got the COVID here and just in the last week a whole separate storm developed uh, but a lot of what's in this uh, magazine uh, really holds true, whether we're navigating a storm of the virus or whether we're navigating the storm of racial tension, strife, protesting. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate Pastor Don, who posted last week about, yeah. you know, that it's unconscionable and thinkable that any officer of the law thinks that they could take anybody's life. And it highlights the disparity mm -hmm. uh, between black and white in our country. But a lot of things in here. And one of the things, you know, one of the things I really despise is reactionary leadership mm -hmm. as a standard leadership practice. Yeah. And you've heard me talk about that before, I think a little bit, but reactionary leadership means you basically have no plan. Mm -hmm. 
for your ministry, for your youth ministry. Uh, it's not proactive, it's reactive. You look at the problems your students are having and you always preach to the problems instead of preaching about Jesus. Hmm. Instead of leading in a direction you want to go. I have a real problem with that. At the same time, there are moments every good leader has to react. Almost as bad as react a, a standard practice of reactive leadership is rigid leadership yeah. that refuses to adjust to challenges that are coming our way. And now we've got some challenges that have come our way again yeah. as a culture. And this time it surrounds the death of uh, George Lloyd, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, George Floyd, and, and uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, again, highlighting, I think, the racial disparity in our country. And it's serious. And you may not be feeling it where you are. It may make you uncomfortable to talk about. I think that's good. I think it should make us uncomfortable because racism is evil and it's not good to talk about. But one of the things I wrote in my article, uh, which they always seem to put towards the back (laughs) of the magazine, keep turning. Ah, there we are. Second to last page. Uh, Major on the message, not the method. And uh, I highlighted a book uh, in my article by uh, Eugene Peterson. He's the guy that translated and paraphrased the message uh, Bible. Uh, and his book is called Working the Angles, The Shape of Pastoral Integrity. And he talks about three primary things that a pastor should be doing, the work of a pastor. Number one, prayer. Number two, reading the scriptures. Number three, giving spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. That in any season, no matter what is happening, this is what shapes our integrity as pastors, as ministers. We pray, we read the Bible, and we give spiritual direction. And I would just say, like, a lot of us, I think, have struggled to find our voice when it comes to racial tension. And I'll just say, uh, for the sake of full transparency, I feel like I am the poster child for white privilege. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a primarily uh, Caucasian high school. We had like one or two people of color, several Latinos in our high school. Um, So I just didn't even really see diversity growing up, you know? And so I think trying to find our voice or know what to say uh, when, when there's all this talk of white privilege and racial disparity, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't talk at all. I should listen, which yeah. is good. But also, I think we have to, on, on the other side of that is we do have a voice. You have a voice if you're a leader here, mm-hmm. whether you're white, whether you're a person of color, you have a voice. And your role as a youth pastor, as a leader, is to use that voice to give spiritual direction Absolutely. when evil takes place. And uh, one of my guiding um, principles in the last several years is where is the truth? Is there truth in what is being said? Hmm. So if you say the word Black Lives Matter and if you hear that phrase or you uh, are asked to say that phrase... And you think, wow, that's politically charged. I don't know if I can say it. Just stop. Stop. Is there truth in the saying, Black Lives Matter, in the words? Yes. Of course there's truth there. Of course Black Lives Matter. And of course we see repeatedly patterns of people of color being treated differently. So I just want to say this to all of our youth pastors out there. You should be speaking about this topic. You might say, well, it's not in my area. Well, my students aren't dealing with it. If you're silent on this topic, you communicate to your students that it doesn't really matter because it's not happening in your area. You're actually communicating exactly what you're feeling. You're feeling it's not in my area, so it's not important. 
It is important, period. Yeah. And so you got to talk about it. So here's what we're going to highlight. Ten passages today that preach on the issue of racism, because sometimes it can be hard to know what to say, what's the Bible say, our role here. We want to be the greatest resource to our youth pastors and churches. So we're going to give you ten passages that preach on this subject. And uh, the first one, really uh, probably one of the most obvious ones that's being quoted right now, Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 29. Jessica's going to list these in the comments. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ, who have all been united with Christ in baptism and have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer... Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, you are all one in Christ. Sin and salvation are the great uh, equalizers in the kingdom of God. We're all sinful. We all need God for salvation. Great passage to preach. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Next one. And Leah's going to do a couple here in a little bit. But Acts Mm -hmm. chapter 10, almost the entire chapter of Acts chapter 10, and so we're not going to read that whole thing, but this is the chapter where Peter has a dream, and the sheet comes down and is filled with all kinds of what were traditionally unclean foods in Jewish culture, and God says to Peter, don't call anything that I've made unclean, or don't call anything that I've made clean unclean, and then he goes to the house of Cornelius, and and, and he enters into Cornelius' house, which for a devout Jew, which most of the disciples, I mean all the disciples pretty much were devout Jews. Jesus was a rabbi, a Jewish teacher. They followed him. They were devout Jews. They were, they were into the law, even though they were freed from the law. And so Peter was one of these. And uh, he goes to the house of Cornelius. He enters the house. And uh, here's what he says. He says, four days ago I was praying. Or He says, you know it is against our laws. This is Acts chapter 10, verse 28. You know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. And then he says later in verse 34, uh, Acts 10, 34, Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism in every nation. He accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Another great passage at Precious. Go ahead. What do we got next, Leah? 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So no matter what race um, we are, God is calling on all of us to repent. He wants all of us to be saved, no matter what color our skin is. That's right. And we were talking about this verse just before we went on the air. I mean, the point mm-hmm. of the verse is God's God is... Uh, slow in judgment mm-hmm. because he wants all to be saved. The point, as you just made very astutely, on a on a topic of racism, God treats everybody the same, yeah. and so should we. How about the next one? Romans ten twelve through thirteen. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm just so encouraged by that. Everyone in across the continents, across our nation, anyone who just calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's right. And again, sin, salvation, the great equalizers here. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians two fourteen through 16. Uh, you can check this out. Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall 
of hostility that separated us. And they, he just kind of talks about that again. In Christ, we're one. Jew or Gentile, those were the great racial divides of the New Testament era. Yeah. There are Africans mentioned in, throughout the New Testament as well, um, but, the partic- but there wasn't really racial tension between Africans and Jews and Gentiles. The real conflict was between Jews and Gentiles. So, yeah. yeah. And then Acts chapter 13, I highlighted this verse a little bit. This is where if you're a youth pastor and you haven't had any ministerial training, get a good commentary to help you here. If you are a youth pastor, you've had training. This is where your hermeneutics really come into play. Uh, Acts 13.1 is just a list of names. Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas and Saul. And uh, why why this list of names? Well, these are the leaders of the Church of Antioch, and they're a diverse group. Among this group, you have two from Africa. You have one uh, one, uh, who is a childhood companion of King Herod. Uh, You've got some that are mentioned here that are Jews, that that were from poor Jewish communities, almost refugee communities, what they call the Jewish diaspora. So you've got people from Africa. You've got people from Asia. You've got people from the Mediterranean here that are mentioned. You've got a guy who played with the king growing up from the upper strata of society. You've got poor people. Just a picture of early church leadership that is extremely diverse, non-discriminatory. That's a great passage that'll preach when you look into it. Talk to us about the next one. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. That's right. Yeah. I love that we all bring a unique uh, gift and perspective to the body of Christ. But when we all come together, we, we make one, one body with Christ, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so, again... Yeah, no room for racial division. Oh, Revelation 7, one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Yeah, so... That's what heaven is going to look like. (laughs) It's going to look very diverse. (laughs) Yeah. Right. People from all over, every language. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think one of the interesting parts about this verse, the more I think about it, it's this picture of heaven, people before the throne, every tribe, people in language. And what an interesting picture that in heaven uh, we may see different languages. Hmm. Yeah. Like the, I think so some of us have this picture well, we're in heaven we'll all be one. Yeah. I think there's a this different picture that in heaven these things that existed on earth of cultural difference somehow are visible and exist in heaven. Hmm. Uh, really interesting. So yeah. the me the message is work out racism here on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I like I used to say this right before we went on the air. I said this actually. Uh you might be, be if you're a racist, you might be better off in hell because there'll be every every tribe, language, and people. But then Jess said, "But there'll be that in hell too." <laughs> so whether you go to heaven or hell, you're going to have to deal with people from different races. Might as well. So deal work with it out now. 
Get over it now. Absolutely. James chapter 2, 5 through 10. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. God, hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal laws found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. And this, of course, talking about socioeconomic status, you know, social Mm -hmm. status, but the point is the same. If you favor some over the others... Uh, you've committed a sin. Racism is a sin, period. Leviticus 19.33 says, Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Yeah, very good. And Yeah. So, uh, even addressing the issue of immigration here. Yeah. Uh, pretty seriously, uh, but obviously it's the message is quite clear. Treat people well. Yeah. Treat people well. So a couple other things you could say. Genesis. Go back to Genesis one. The idea that all mm-hmm. humanity comes from one person, Adam, and that Eve is called the mother uh, of essentially all mankind. Uh, we come from one. We're not really that separate. John three sixteen. Uh, God so loved the world. The world. <laughs> Right, he uh, does it. God so loved North America. God so loved Asia. God so loved the world, and all that is included in there. And uh, so, no one is excluded from the love of God. And uh, so, the passages. I mean, there's plenty of other passages that preach. You could talk. You could do a message on the Ethiopian eunuch, who many people, church historians, believe God chose to take Christianity, take the message of Christ back to Africa. Um, There's just a lot of different great passages in there that you could highlight. Uh, But I would encourage you to address it, period, and address it with all seriousness. That's our role. Prayer, reading the Bible, giving spiritual direction. And if you're struggling to find your voice or wondering what you can do in this time, Use your voice to give spiritual direction on the issue of racism. Uh, here's a couple great passages that'll do it. So let's uh, switch gears. Let's say some happy birthdays. Mm-hmm. And we missed some birthdays last week. Mm, yeah. So we want to say happy birthday to Ben Rivera. That's the son, Ben Rivera. Same name as the dad. Uh, <laughs> and Ken Claflin. Their birthdays were last week. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Who do we got this week? Uh, looks like Keith Harold. Um, tomorrow, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Keith. <laughs> Josiah Griever, one of our friends from West Virginia who's involved in Pendle Youth Ministries. Happy birthday mm-hmm. Thursday to Josiah. And on Saturday, we have Daniel Bricker. Happy birthday, Daniel, happy on birthday. Saturday. And mm-hmm. Jamin Gardner on Sunday. Happy, happy birthday on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, this is the week. Camp registration opens this week. Woo! Yeah. And uh, July 6th through 10 will be camp. And so... <laughs> Um, it looks definitely like I think it's going to happen. You know, I, yeah. I, we expect Cumberland County to go green within the next week or two or be announced to go green within the next week or two. And so we believe it's going to happen. So this week the health um, plan will go up as far as what our plan is in terms of health and safety. Yeah. Uh, share that with parents, but registration opens Thursday on 
July 4th, so get your registration in early and uh, get it done. We'll also be opening up online registration, Hope maybe later this week, maybe next week. Uh, there's not as much of a rush for online registration because we have no limits on size, attendance-wise. Uh, so very good and we are still planning on being at the Philly Dream Center August 4th through the 8th just a quick note talk with David Dominguez this morning from Philly Dream Center they're doing well there was looting and things happening about two blocks away but they are okay they're safe pray for them they've got a team here this week from Florida and so they are hosting a team trying to do ministry in the midst of the chaos in Philadelphia right now talk with uh, Josh Tarnowski he's the youth pastor at uh, Philadelphia Christian Center in Ben Salem they're fine they're well they were on guard last night because some looting had gotten in close to Ben Salem. Uh, they're doing well. and uh, But uh, we have a lot of churches and ministries in the Pittsburgh, Philadelphia area. There was some yeah. violence in Harrisburg over the weekend as well. So pray for one another, care for one another. And Leo, yeah. I'm going to ask you, in fact, to pray okay. for us on the way out. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are, Lord. I thank you that you see us all the same in your eyes, God. You love us all the same, and you want us all to repent and come to know you as our Savior, Lord. I just pray that you would give us all peace in this um, time that we're that we're going through in the, in the world right now, Lord. I pray that you would all um, give us the right words to say to each other, Lord, and the courage to speak up about what is not right, Lord. And I just pray that you would guide us spiritually, Lord. Speak to us through your word, Lord. And just uh, continue to give us perseverance to walk through these difficult times that we face, Lord. I pray that you would bless every single one of our pastors and leaders, Lord. Be with them and keep them safe, Lord. Protect our churches. And um, just speak to us in a new way this week. In your name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. (laughs) 